0: Welcome back to Mints Levin's From the Edge. I'm Jeremy Glazer, the co-chair of the Mintz Levin Venture Capital and Emerging Company Practice. Mints Levin is a nationally leading law firm focused on helping emerging growth companies achieve success. Check us out at mintsedge.com. Well, I'm very pleased today to welcome a good friend, John Morris. John has been a Vistage Chair for the past 10 years and for the previous 20 years was an investment banker and venture capitalist. That experience prepared John to be a fantastic coach for entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs. He's also the co-founder of the Tech Coast Angels Group, which is a very successful angel funding group all over Southern California. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Delighted to be here. Wonderful. So on today's podcast, John and I are gonna discuss the value of mentors for startups and entrepreneurs. So let's start, John, just by talking about What is a mentor?
1: A mentor is a coach, someone who can listen, ask a lot of questions. A mentor is not a consultant. The mentor is not giving the answers to the questions. He's asking the questions and letting the entrepreneur or the the business executive or the CEO figure it out. But it's basically encouraging him to think about the problems and solve it on his own without trying to be the smart person in the room.
0: Okay. So, sounds very valuable, right? So, where do I find mentors? Where do I go to find mentors as if I'm a startup entrepreneur, I don't have a real network. Where do I go? It's
1: not easy, but you you in most entrepreneurial communities, there are more experienced CEOs that often could be good candidates. They're not professional coaches, but they are people that love to give back, love to share their experiences and entrepreneurs are well served to look for these. It's almost like a kitchen cabinet. I'm asking some people to stand by me and occasionally let's meet for coffee. I've got some questions, I need some answers, and all he's going to get is more questions. And he's going to get forced to think about the solutions in his own right, and be, and therefore he's going to own the solution more than the mentor telling him what to do. A good mentor is, is a reflective listener and not Giving all the answers, and uh, and I think the entrepreneurs have a lot of blind spots and um, weaknesses, and sometimes by the mentor pulling the questions out of the entrepreneur, they begin to fill in the blanks.
0: So if I don't have a, a big personal network, and obviously you know I want to find a mentor, I assume there's some organizations. You know, for example, here in San Diego, there's this there's the San Diego Venture Group. I might go there and try to find other successful entrepreneurs. Are there any organizations that you think are particularly well suited for somebody to get involved with and show up in order to meet mentors and develop a a mentor type relationship?
1: Yes and no. Uh, Some of them are more senior and the young entrepreneur would be ill suited for it, like the Corporate Directors Forum. Uh, But the San Diego Venture Forum and Connect in this region are particularly strong uh, there are a couple of other places like Evo Nexus where I could do it, but start. Also, you also already probably have a relationship with a law firm. The, that law partner is very well suited to know what kind of person is best matched with that entrepreneur. So I would start there. That's the obvious one. And I, I, I'm also um, got to point out that you're you're looking for people who are going to give this mentorship largely for free. They may want some kind of equity option, but only after there's a strong relationship. I think if, if you're looking to buy this, you're gonna get the wrong kind of help. I think this is this is the relation a mentor is somebody that loves sharing, loves giving back, and is not looking to get paid on an hourly basis.
0: Understood. So let's, let's pull back a little bit and talk about the different roles a mentor can play. So a lot of our listeners on these Mince Edge podcasts um, either are startup entrepreneurs or a very early stage company. So let's focus on that. And then I want to switch over and talk about the value of a mentor in a more operating company to a CEO. But Let's focus first now on what does that entrepreneur, a startup entrepreneur, what should they be looking for in a mentor? What, what are the benefits they should expect to get at that stage?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I would prefer that the entrepreneur be looking for a successful entrepreneur in his own right. Has had some success. Understands the pain and the challenges. And it's a very lonely place to be because you have no place to really have no (laughs) place to go. And you obviously can't if you've taken on capital from angels or venture capitalists. They're not a very helpful place to go because they have conflicts. They they they're worried about their money. And uh, the capital they've invested in your company, so you probably have to go away from your investor group. And um, but I think it's 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 people that you've networked with, or people if you hear several people bring up the same person's name, that's somebody to seek out. And you've got to be bold enough to say, "Hi, I'm an entrepreneur. I'd love to meet you for coffee." Uh, can we do it soon? I'd love to get some feedback. I've heard a lot of nice things about you. I've, d- I've checked out your LinkedIn bi- background, and it would be wonderful to have a conversation with you. So let's say that that goes well, and the chemistry is good, and the feedback is encouraging, and you shake hands and you say, Let's do this again, and the entrepreneur ment- and the mentors agree to do that. Mm-hmm. What I encourage the entrepreneur to be forthcoming about the information. You're not selling the mentor. You're not trying to raise money from the mentor. You're not asking the mentor to raise money. You're asking the mentor for advice on your business plan. What have I missed? Where are my blind spots? Excellent. Point that out. Do not ask a mentor for investment. Do not have, ask him to make uh, referrals to uh, contacts prematurely. Eventually, he may volunteer that, but don't ask him, because that, that gets in the way of a transparent,
0: unbiased relationship. And um, so that's really that's really excellent advice, because I think, as we all know, you know, startup entrepreneurs in particular, early stage entrepreneurs, they're always focused on how am I going to raise my next round? Right. Right. And everyone they're meeting, it's always, you know, will you invest? Can you introduce me to somebody who can invest? And what you're saying here is that's not (coughs) that's not the role of the mentor.
1: No, the mentor is not a placement finder, not a money raiser. Um, He may help you build a stronger team. He may help uh, recruit uh, additional advisors, uh, experts in certain fields. Uh, let's say you need a social media expert. That mentor might know somebody from pre- his past relationship that he could recruit into the into the group to give you some help. Um, it could be a sales management person. It could be a CRM specialist. It could be somebody to help you on compensation. But the mentor, if he is who he should be or she is, it, she or he is well-networked and have experts they can bring to the party based on need without costing a lot of money. It's, it's rare, but that's the way it's best served. And uh, you're still, I'm, I'm, I'm presuming that the entrepreneur in this case is looking to raise angel money or venture capital money. And it's better, you're much better suited on building the right team, making sure you've got alignment with your co-founders, making sure the business plan isn't missing any obvious facts in the story. And, and the credibility and the integrity of the business plan. Uh, uh, the, the mentor could help you with your financial model. He could be uh, give you a lot of advice on the way you pitch. It's not about the technology or the product. It's why the customer is going to find this interesting and compelling, and it's a painful problem. And this is a, a pretty cool differentiated solution. And that's what good business plans are really focused on is, I'm solving a painful problem, and it's a pretty big market, and if we can pull this solution in the right way, money will come looking for you.
0: Sure, sure. Let's, let's uh, change gears for a second and, and talk a little bit about the more established business, because I know you work with a lot of CEOs, people who are running established businesses as well, particularly in the technology space. So you know, let's say I'm running you know, a $20 million revenue business, and I'm the CEO. Do I still need mentors? And if so, oh, absolutely, what, what absolutely. role do they
1: play? Being a CEO is a pretty lonely place. And a lot of people get to that role being very good on their feet. They've, they've come up with a great idea. They've launched a company. They may have attracted some capital. They're, they're doing well. They've got customers. But every $10 million in top-line revenue is a new barrier in growth that, I, that they have to kind of crack through. And most CEOs... Very quickly realize they don't have the right team, they don't have sufficient capital, they don't have the the systems, the processes to really advance their vision to the reality of the market, and so um, a good mentor to a 10, 20, 30 million dollar uh, CEO is trying to get that CEO to delegate more, listen more, ask more questions, be more forthright with their employees on delegation and culture and things like that and stop doing things and stop answering the questions of your employees with an answer. Don't tell your employees what to do. Reflect their questions back on them. What would you do in this case? Most CEOs really uh, evolve into leaders and it's very rare that a CEO who starts the company is the CEO when it's a 10, 15, 20 million dollar company. because you just run out of skills because you're not learning to advance your leadership style to the needs of the company and
0: And a mentor can help with that a mentor can help
1: with that because it's i'm making you more self-aware i'm meeting the team i'm understanding what their frustrations are with your leadership style i'm feeding that back to you i'm trying to make you more cognizant of what they need from you i'm trying to get you to think more strategically i'm trying to think have you do less and 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 do more leader leading and managing than doing and a lot of um, a lot of people that seek mentors are stuck in a rut because they're very technically qualified and they have no clue about either people skills or leadership skills or delegation skills, and and ultimately something fails.
0: So, John, you've you've obviously mentored CEOs, you've mentored um, uh, founders in, in technology companies. If you don't mind, obviously without naming names, maybe share a couple of stories about some examples where. You were able to provide value as a mentor um, and how that helped the company or the CEO.
1: The most repetitive example that I can think of without naming names (laughs) is working with a CEO who's afraid of making a management change. He's got a partner. He's got a co-founder. He's got a, a, a person on the leadership team. And when I say leadership team, it's the people that come to the session when he says let's make a big decision today who shows up in that room sometimes it could be several layers of management sometimes it's the the front line management but marketing sales operations engineering production you know that kind of thing are likely to show up and oftentimes that ceo my my mentee if you will is got somebody in the room that's very disruptive, destructive to the culture, the value, the decision-making process of the company. And I've really worked with the CEO to get up enough courage to walk that person out of the company sooner than later. And you'd be amazed how uh, dysfunctional most small companies are because the reason that person that is being, causing this disruption was hired doesn't exist anymore. They were available. We didn't do a good search. It was just somebody that would say yes, and everybody else was saying no. And oftentimes, uh, I, I can think of do- several dozen examples. And and over the course of my ten years as a chair, in my CEO group, which kind of averaged around fifteen, I think we probably had close to thirty-five members. Mm-hmm. And most of them were in the group for uh, two, three, four years. Okay, and um and the the uh, and mo- and and i'd say about 10 of them stayed the, the whole 10 years but i, I would say that get, getting them to understand the need to put the right people on the bus mm-hmm. and get them in the right seat on that bus is really paramount to any any opportunity to be successful and um most ceos are uh, are are willing to take very mediocre performance and Try to fix it some other way, and it it, it simply leaves a bad um, feeling with the rest of the employee group, and the best ones leave. Yes. When they see that to- that you're tolerating bad performance or bad behavior, and, more, and sometimes bad behavior is worse than bad performance, um, then they're saying, I don't want to be in this company anymore. We're not going to. My options are never going to be what I think they're going to be worth, so I'm moving on. So... And, and and the best people in town are trying to hire your best employees. They're not looking for your worst employees, they're working for your best employees. So if you're not keeping an A team on that bus, the A people are getting off the bus, not the B and Cs.
0: So I agree with you. That I've seen this problem over and over again. There's a tendency, you know, to not want to make change, to not want to rock the boat, to try to find a way for people to, you know, fix themselves or find another position for them. And in general, that's not a good idea. Totally. But isn't but isn't that the role of the board of directors? I guess why why does the CEO need a mentor as opposed to just shouldn't the board be guiding that for him for her?
1: Well, it, that can happen, and it just depends on how visible these behaviors are. Most CEOs that have underperforming or mis- misbehaving empl- uh, employee founders aren't going to let the board members see them. Mm. So the board is not as uh, um, helpful there. One. They, they, the CEO doesn't trust them because they could easily fire him or her. And, um, you know, in my venture capital days, I used to tell my portfolio CEOs, you're gonna be the founder forever, but there will come a time and if you're not building this team, you're gonna leave first. Uh, we're not gonna put up with a B team on the bus. Uh, there's too much at stake. And um, so the board doesn't have the visibility to really be helpful. Sometimes, Uh, Sometimes that may happen when the the metrics of the company's performance are just breaking down sales or operations or quality or something like that. And then the board's saying, why is so-and-so still here? That can happen, but that's rare. The mentor really has, um, he's trusted, It's confidential, it's away from the board, there's no bias. He's therefore the the CEO, but he's and he knows all the issues of the company. the, the CEO uh, is uh, completely open with him, and and that that discourse, that dialogue, helps the mentor give the CEO the kind of feedback
0: that lends itself to better decisions on the on the team. That's a that's a really important insight because you're right, and i mean, I've, like you, I've sat in many many boards with uh, venture capitalists and with you know founders and the management team. And while you think everybody's pulling in the same direction, there is that little bit of, you know, issue where you're not sure whether the board is actually on your team, whether they may be thinking about replacing you. Oh, yes. Whether oh, yeah. they have a different goal than you. And so you, you tend to hold back. And we see this. You hold back maybe some bad information. Maybe you overstate the positive information. And you need an, another environment where you can be completely open and transparent.
1: Yeah, the, the transparency. And most CEOs, whether they have investors or not, There's very few places they can go for unbiased advice. It really is hard. Most CEOs are consumed with looking good and putting a good face on things and being positive and thinking that I will make everybody proud of me because I'm always smiling or I'm always available. But it can be a very, um, if you're not taking care of the culture of of the company and making sure that everybody is behaving on the values of the company, it all breaks down, and the best people know it. And the first thing they'll ask the person, the, the first thing they'll ask the CEO after a termination is finally made, "What took you so long? Why, why would it? Why would it take? Why why would this person last as long as they did? Why would you put up with this?" And uh, um, I've heard. Every excuse imaginable. Well, what if somebody in the industry knows we're laying off people, or I let go of somebody? We're just going to look bad, and our customers are going to, you know, talk to their our competitors, and uh, it's just so much nonsense. And um, I, I would say that is the best one. I think the other the other thing that uh, CEOs are are, are um, can be blind to is competitive threats. Trying to be disruptive. Uh, uh, I, I'm sorry, competitive threats that are becoming disruptive. And refusing to react to them, refusing to be innovative, refusing to um, look over the hill and see where the threats are. I I find that amazing. And most CEOs, especially those that are not professionally trained or have investors, uh, often are just governing their company based on a budget and not thinking longer term. And they're really not strategic in their thinking. And they're just, we've got this solution. Let's just keep working on the solution as opposed to how can we make this solution more innovative, more creative, more sticky, more profitable with bigger margins. So,
0: so a good mentor will help the CEO kind of, you know, pick their head up from the desk and look around and see what's happening in the market, competitive environment, opportunities they may not be looking at while they're kind of just trying to drive the company forward. Yes,
1: yes. And, and there's a wonderful book on this called The Trillion Dollar Coach. And it's a story of Bill Campbell. He's since passed away. But he was a successful uh, coach to the Google, Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt wrote the book, uh, former CEO now. And I think he's uh, chairman of Google now. And he was also worked with Steve Jobs at Apple. and, And just an enormous amount of insight, an amazing career. And it was all about being someone that everybody could trust that had no axe to grind, no, no uh, bias, no conflict of interest, no uh, monetary uh, investment gain. Venture capitalists are managing a portfolio of companies. The CEO is trying to manage the, a single company. And they, those two objectives can get in the way. And um, it happens time and time again. And um, so I, I find that uh, good entrepreneurs are open to coaching. And I would say that the most common question that a venture capitalist would ask a fellow partner in a firm, is this guy coachable? Is this guy somebody we can work with? Now, they oftentimes, and I'm often amazed by this, venture guys think they're the coach. And I say, you don't really coach because you don't have time. Your portfolio is more important than the company. And you have a, an enormous conflict of interest. So how can you be a coach, and why would he trust you? But going into a deal, the, the CEO, and certainly an angel deal, Tech Coast Angels are, you know, paranoid about non-coachable CEOs.
0: Yes, yeah, I've heard, I've heard this issue come up quite a bit. I agree when introducing entrepreneurs to VCs to get funded. Yeah. it's a very important. Topic. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, you have to you have to be uh, um, very open to stuff and 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 be willing to be and very transparent.
0: Well, John, this was really, really insightful, and I think you, know, you shared a lot of really important information about the benefits of having a mentor, the role the mentor can play, what role the mentor should not be playing. Um, thank you so much for, uh, for coming in and sharing your thoughts, your thoughts with us. I'm Jeremy Glazer of Bids Levin, and thank you for listening to this edition of From the Edge.